Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. In this series, I take one communication question or issue that doctors have raised, dig deeper into it with some research, then give you a strategy that you can use in your practice today. And I do it all in about 10 minutes. A while ago, I wrote a piece called Five Steps to Improve Your Patient Education. I promised I would gradually dig deeper into each of the five steps. Last month, I wrote a follow-up piece into the topic of patient's background knowledge and how it can help you. This time, it's about your subject matter, your medical knowledge, specifically about how you handle your medical knowledge during patient education. I was talking with a wound care clinician. She was describing a common scene in her practice, and she said, we tell patients, it's important, you should get out of your wheelchair for three minutes a day, and the patient nods and everyone goes away and that's it. She laughed a little as she told me this, it had almost become a joke because no one took it seriously. She saw it as a lost opportunity to do some patient education. One way or another, all providers do patient education, whether it's a few minutes out of a 15-minute visit or it's a hefty chunk of your every day. But I'm going to tell you one thing you can do, one important change you can make right now that will improve your patient education. And it has to do with how you handle your medical knowledge in the patient encounter. To do this, we're going to the bank. The work of Paolo Freire has informed healthcare research for nearly 40 years. It's gaining in popularity. You may have heard of critical pedagogy. Freire was a Brazilian social theorist and educator. He came to international prominence in the 80s. He's best known for his theories of critical consciousness, emancipatory pedagogy, and dialogic learning. In the health sector, Freire's work has been used in public health, community health, M-health, and health literacy interventions. One of his best-known concepts regarding education is what he calls the banking model. In the banking model, Freire describes what may sound familiar to some of us. He observed that education in typical classrooms looked and sounded more like banking than actual teaching and learning. Quote, education thus becomes an act of depositing in which the students are the depositories and the teacher is the depositor. Instead of communicating, the teacher issues communiques and makes deposits which the students patiently receive, memorize, and repeat. This is the banking concept of education in which the scope of action allowed to the students extends only as far as receiving, filing, and storing the deposits, end quote. Not a pretty picture. Education as transfer from those who have something of value to those who don't. The banking model is a popular concept in part because it's so accurate and widespread. You may know how it feels to be on the passive learner side. Many of us were educated, at least partly, in this kind of banking way. Now, I said this episode was about your medical knowledge and how you use it in patient education. What does that have to do with the banking model? Well, banking model teaching has had many side effects. 
One is that we've become accustomed to seeing the teacher as the holder, the one with all the money, all the power, all of whatever is worth having. Now, expertise certainly has value. You, as medical experts, worked for years to acquire important information, to develop professional insights, explicitly to share them and apply them. The providers I speak with all have a desire to share and apply their expertise with all of their patients. The problems come from banking-style education. It makes the education process less effective for everyone as it operates on flawed assumptions. Here are three of those flawed assumptions. One, experts are the only ones holding something of value. Two, everyday people are empty receptacles. And three, everyday people should passively absorb what is of value from the experts. As Freire says about his banking model, quote, worse yet, it turns students into containers, into receptacles to be filled by the teacher, end quote. Passive recipients, not people with lives, thoughts, histories, or resources. It can be easy to see patients in this way. There are certainly many pressures toward doing so. Let's say your patient just took some sort of assessment, or maybe they answered some questions. These often show what the patient doesn't know and focuses your attention on what they don't do, what they don't have. And though it's important to know these needs, the needs or areas of deficit can easily become the focus because banking style education positions the patient as an empty vessel needing filling rather than a person in front of you. So how do you resist the banking model? What can you do to combat a deficit perspective on your patients? Well, I promised you I would tell you one change you can make, and here it is. When educating a patient, shift your starting point from what your patient needs to what your patient has. Put another way, Start with what your patient does. Start with what your patient knows. Start with what your patient has. What about that problem, you're asking? Their needs. Well, of course you're still going to address them. That's the point. It just won't be where you start the education process. Start with what your patient does. Start with what your patient knows. Start with what your patient has. Changing your starting point can be as simple as a shift in language. So let's go back to that conversation with the wound care clinician. She knew that telling patients to get out of their chairs for three minutes a day wasn't adequate. She left. She told me she knew patients were nodding and agreeing and then going on their way, whether or not they ever got out of their chairs for three minutes a day. At best, it was a banking transfer of information and nothing more. I talked to her about shifting her language, about starting her patient education by seeing patients not as empty containers to be filled, but as people who know things and do things. I suggested her language could reflect this, and she turned and looked at me and said, so instead of telling patients you should get out of your chair for three minutes, we could ask them, how long do you get out of your chair? 
We smiled. It could be that easy. That subtle shift in language was an important change. The first phrase, you should get out of your chair for three minutes, presumes what patients don't know and focuses on what they don't do. The second phrase, how long do you get out of your chair, focuses on what the patient does know and does do. We quickly brainstorm some more, like, when you get out of your chair, how do you do it? For how long? What do you do to relieve pressure on your wounds? These phrases put more emphasis on the patient as capable, active, and involved, a person with a life, not the empty container of the banking model waiting passively to be filled. I thought the clinician could ask some follow-up questions, like, do you feel like you get out of your chair enough? And if they didn't, what would help you do it more, or let's come up with something that will work for you? These subtle but important changes in language also have the potential to reveal more information about the patient, her surroundings, and her background knowledge and assumptions about her condition. All of these are helpful building blocks for patient education, real learning that lasts. Shifting your language to start with what patients already do, know, and have also helps you catch where things might be going wrong. Patients may have misconceptions. It may be that some wound care patients did not, in fact, know that they should get out of their chairs for three minutes a day. The questions we brainstorm would have allowed the patients to admit this. The old way? No such chance. I've been explaining a bit about the banking model, and Frere's language is strong as he takes critical aim at some taken-for-granted ways of educating many of us experienced. I hope you'll check out his most famous work, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, as well as some of the important critiques and extensions of his work. All the links are in the show notes at healthcommunicationpartners.com. Now, if you're listening on iTunes, it would be a big help if you do the rate and review. Leave stars, write something in the box. I read them. On healthcommunicationpartners.com, leave a comment and let us know what you think. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.